You're listening to Local Government Insights, a podcast for state and local governments. If you're looking to optimize operations, improve services for your constituents, and maximize revenue without raising taxes, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Local Government Insights podcast, Modernizing Government Leadership, your source and insight for local government technology. My name is Brendan Middleton, and today we're going to be speaking with Mark Bryson about understanding the impacts of COVID-19 and other state and federal programs and what that has had on sales tax revenue over the past year that can help local governments with their future budget calculations. Hi, Mark. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Um, Pleasure to be here, Brian. Awesome. Mark, for all of our listeners, is a senior economic analyst in the state of California uh, and works uh, in the Fresno, California area. Before we get started, uh, Mark, would you tell us a little bit uh, about yourself and it kind of explain your role? Yeah, I, I I came here with about 30 years of experience in accounting, taxation, and budgeting, uh, along with a pretty strong background in information technology. And uh, sales tax is kind of a unique animal. It took me a, a year to kind of get my footing, but I've been doing sales tax revenue forecasts uh, throughout California now for uh, 10 years. Wonderful. So for our listeners, as I mentioned already, uh, we're going to dive right in here. We're going to be talking today about understanding the impacts of COVID-19 and other state and federal programs and what that has had on sales tax revenue over the past year and how that can help local governments with future budget calculations. So let's get right to it, Mark. Uh, across the country, tax revenues are are plummeting while spending is increasing. We're all aware of that. Uh, and many city governments are are struggling to do more with less. Common theme of this podcast, a lot of other episodes, we've talked about similar topics, doing more with less. Uh, you know, in this particular area, like these stra- cash-strapped cities uh, need to budget wisely and carefully and understand the data. So would you discuss some of the key concepts relevant to understanding and properly budgeting for future sales tax revenues? Yes. Um COVID impacted sales tax revenues differently uh, depending on some basic factors that you need to understand about sales tax. Uh, One thing is that there's two basic groups that generate sales tax. There's a consumer group, which is local citizens, visitors, and tourists, and they generate about 75% in, for instance, in California, about 75% of the statewide sales tax. Uh, and then the business-driven element of sales tax in California is about 25% of the statewide total. And different groups were affected differently. So you have to understand uh, these two groups and how they apply to your jurisdiction. And then um, there's two basic main types of sales tax, and those were affected differently as well. Um, There's a point-of-sale-based sales tax where Uh, Someone walks into a McDonald's and buys a hamburger and uh, they pay the sales tax right there. So it's it's, uh, assessed and paid and remitted from the point of sale. Destination-based tax works a little bit differently. And of of course, with a hamburger, it works the same because in that case, the point of sale and the destination are the same place, McDonald's. But the difference comes with online sales or like the purchase of a new automobile. So for instance, a a local resident goes to a different town and buys a car. The sales tax that's assessed on that vehicle 
part of it's going to go to where the dealership is located, but the destination-based part of it is going to go to where the resident who bought the car lived. And of course, with online sales, that's a big thing because you're ordering goods from around the country and around the world, but the tax is being assessed for a destination-based tax based on where you are. Fantastic. So bucketing them into different categories and understanding where the dollars are flowing is is super important. I'm interested next just to understand, like, why are these basic sales tax concepts, why are they important to the budgeting process? Let's start there. Well, when you're budgeting sales tax, you have to account for uh, what people in statistics call outliers. Uh, They're anomalies, things that don't normally happen that may or may not happen again. And in the past year, we've had some significant anomalies. And so you have to understand how those have affected your sales tax revenues and how they're going to affect them going forward. So the big five things that happened uh, so far were uh, the passage in California of uh, Assembly Bill 147, which was requiring that uh, third-party retailers that sell online have to collect and remit sales tax. Then, of course, there was a statewide COVID-19 stay-at-home order. We all know that was a big thing. And then uh, there was also uh, a couple of big federal stimulus packages. The Federal CARES Act, that was the $2.2 trillion economic stimulus. Uh, And then more recently, the Federal Consolidated Appropriations Act, that was in December uh, for $900 billion. And then, of course, with all this came drastic changes in consumer and business behaviors. Right. And you have to understand that these five things affected different groups and different types of sales tax in different locations in very different ways. And you have to understand where your location, your jurisdiction fits in. Excellent. So I love how you categorize it down into five distinct areas. But can we next sort of break all this down and look at these specific uh, anomalies one at a time? And I'd like to use one of the examples you just mentioned, the, the California Assembly Bill 147. This had a significant positive impact, actually. Can you talk about breaking them down into these sig- significant anomalies one at a time, but also address that specific example? Because I think it's important because I know that is not only impacting California, but there's very similar impacts across the country to other bills that are being passed. Yes, uh, the timing of of that bill, this, the original Supreme Court decision was in 2017, so it affected a lot of states across the country. Uh, and the timing of that bill in California was significant because the revenue started coming in 2019 Q4, and then of course COVID restrictions happened in 2020 Q1. So that revenue really helped to uh, ameliorate some of the effect of COVID-19 on uh, California. And uh, as consumer habits change and people move to more online shopping, that revenue became even more uh, significant. Excellent. And today we're talking uh, more specifically about budgeting sales tax revenues. How did that impact sales tax revenues specifically? Well, um, beginning in 219 Q4, uh, in California, for example, they began receiving billions of dollars in sales tax revenue that they hadn't received before. So uh, their total sales tax revenue increased by somewhere between three and 8% a year. 
Wow. And uh, that's important to understand in terms of in terms of budgeting going forward. Yeah. And that affects budget estimates. So how how should that be taken into account when you're discussing, you know, estimating your budget? Well, so let's uh, let's use a four percent annual increase as an example. Um, a jurisdiction gets a four percent annual increase in their sales tax, so that mm. portion of their sales tax revenue grew by a rate of one hundred percent. It just showed up a windfall. Wow! Next year, it's more likely to grow at between seven and twelve percent. Yeah. So when we're looking at the big e-commerce numbers, um, we have to understand that e-commerce revenue exploded and it will continue to grow at a rapid rate, but not like it did uh, in the past year because of that bill. Right. So Mark, uh, let's let's shift gears just a bit and talk about COVID-19 and the impact of the statewide stay-at-home orders that we're all dealing with, continue to deal with, and we've all faced over the last 12, 12 months. What impact do you see, uh, did that have on sales tax revenues? And did this vary in different parts of the state? Yeah, it varied quite a bit. Um, it varied by a region and then within regions in specific jurisdictions. Uh, it varied by type, as we discussed, point of sale based versus destination based sales tax. And it also varied by which group was being affected. Was it the consumer group or was it the business group that was being affected. So for instance, uh, most heavily impacted, if you look at if you look at a fiscal year, so uh, we're talking about from July through June, so this would be through the end of Q2 in 2020, the San Francisco Bay Area was the most heavily impacted. They were down about eight and a half percent, followed by the Central Coast and the South Coast region, the LA Basin, which yeah. was down about 7.4%. So statewide at the end of the 1920 fiscal year, June of 2020, uh, we were down about 7% here in California. Now, as uh, you go further down the list to some of the less impacted areas, you have the Inland Empire, for instance, down in San Bernardino County area in California. Mm -hmm. uh, they're only down 4.3% comparatively. Well, uh, there's a lot of transportation and logistics in the Inland Empire. Um, Inland Empire actually extends all the way to the California border. It's huge, so there's a lot of ag, uh, a lot yeah. of things that uh, were not uh, that were considered essential, so they weren't impacted the same way. You go down further to the Sacramento Valley. Well, that's that's the seat of government in California. Um, they were only down three and a half percent for that same period, and then the least affected areas where I'm located right now in the Central Valley, we were only down 1% year over year at the end of 2020 Q2. Um, we've got a lot of ag. Uh, the biggest employer in Fresno County is the Fresno County Board of Education. Yeah. So uh, it affected our area very differently than areas like the Bay Area and the South Coast. Yeah. And, and and from a statewide perspective, it, it, as you mentioned a minute ago, down seven percent annually with a, a worldwide pandemic that we haven't we haven't really dealt with in recent past. It doesn't seem like much. Is that is that a, a lot to you? Where do you see that falling in what was projected or expected? When you think about that, you have to remember that we're talking about uh, a fiscal year that begins uh, in July of nineteen. 
and yeah. ends in uh, June of 2020. So we really only had impact for half the fiscal year. So uh, that 7% represents like a half a year impact. Yeah. And then the other thing you have to consider is uh, people always look at the decline and think, oh, it's not that much. But states and jurisdictions were expecting a 2 to 4% increase. So when you look at it that way, uh, you begin to realize that uh, 7% decline, if you were expecting uh, uh, 4%, that's that's a negative 11% impact. That's over 10% of your budget. Right. And in the Bay Area, where it was worse, um, they were expecting like 4.5% growth, and yeah. they got an 8.5% decline. That's like a 13% negative impact from what they were anticipating, what they were budgeted for. Right. When you're looking at the growth compared to the 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 negative percent and combine them, you can see very easily how the combined swing is just so much so much greater. So thanks for thanks for that. Um, you, you alluded to this just a minute ago when talking about you know the inland and Central Valley and you know the northern part of California. Why were, in your opinion, why were the regions impacted so differently? Can you dive into some of those different areas? Because every region obviously is different in their makeup. Why were they impacted so differently? Well, different areas were impacted differently because of how COVID required things to be restricted. So uh, restrictions were not placed on healthcare, emergency services, food and agriculture, uh, energy, uh, communications, IT, uh, governments. Right. Uh, they didn't have to face uh, the COVID restrictions. So uh, again, I alluded to the Central Valley because I know it well, I live here. Yeah. Um, and compare that to like the Bay Area and the South Coast, there's a lot more dependence on entertainment and hospitality and tourism uh, than there is in a place like the Central Valley because they're tourist destinations. People sure. go to Disneyland, people go to San Francisco to visit from all over the world, and that didn't happen. So it impacted them more greatly and in a different way. And, and understanding how it's going to impact your region or your jurisdiction or, and the makeup of your jurisdiction is clearly important when budgeting. Um, so can you talk about that just a little bit more like why and how it's important when budgeting to know where and how your jurisdiction fits into this picture that you're describing for us right now? Sure. Um, you have to consider, uh, we talked about different types of sales tax revenue, and those will recover at different times and in different ways. Yeah. So to use an example, let's talk about business travel. Uh, that affects restaurants, hotels, convention centers, uh, a lot of things, uh, obviously transportation, things like jet fuel, uh, these are all taxable. Uh, with business travel, some people say that, you know, 40% of business travel that was done in the past is, is going to be permanently replaced by virtual right. technologies like we're sure. using right now. Sure. Um, and that leisure travel will come back, but it's going to come back in autos first. We're expecting that to be like this summer, 2023. Yeah. But domestic air travel may not be until all the way back until 2022. And then uh, international air travel will take longer. If you look back on September 11th, it took three to four yeah. years for international air travel 
to be fully restored. There are always some people that are risk averse. You know, they're not going to sure. fly if they don't have to. Right. Um, and then the last piece is a cruise ship, which was already hampered by some local outbreaks of disease in terms of whether people were willing to travel on a cruise cruise ship. But now with uh, COVID, it's it's going to take them longer to come back uh, if they ever fully recover. Great. Uh, what about the other types of taxes, Mark? You mentioned just a minute ago um, that the impact really varied by type of tax as well. How is that? Well, um, I'll use the uh, city of Ventura, California as an example because I just did an analysis for them. So uh, they were seeing that their uh, what's called voter approved add-on tax um, was doing much better than their local uh, point of sale based tax. And they wanted to understand why. Mm -hmm. So we took their uh, destination based tax, it's called Measure O, that the voters approve for a half percent sales tax. But it's based on destination, as we talked about, where you know you go buy a car, but it's wherever wherever you live that the tax is going to go. Right. And we looked at uh, uh, the beginning of 2019 compared to the most recent data we have for 2020 Q3, and we broke it into three categories. We looked at uh, brick and mortar. Most people understand that that's basically a building where you go, and it's inside the jurisdiction. So a department store or uh, uh, some kind of retail outlet, a physical place. Yeah. And then we looked at what was shipped into the district. And finally, the final piece was e-commerce that was shipped into the district. Now, to qualify that a little bit, uh, the way sales tax is reported in California, you can't always distinguish what portion of what is being shipped in is e-commerce. So we're dealing with what we knew was e-commerce because certain retailers reported that separately, uh, whereas uh, the rest of it we're just calling shipped into the district because we know that it was shipped in, but we don't know whether it was bought online or whether it was bought at at some other in some other place. Yeah. Um, and it was a big change. The brick and mortar portion of their sales tax made up 73% of their sales tax in the beginning of 2019. Wow. By 2020 Q3, that was down to 50%. Goodness. So people physically going into their city and buying things at the point of sale dropped from almost three quarters of their sales tax down to half. Interesting. Um, so shipped in the parts that was shipped into the district before was 27% now was 51% of, of their sales tax. So basically 51% of their sales tax was based on stuff that was bought outside of, of their jurisdiction, outside the city limits. And that's a huge change. And so that impacted their point of sale sales tax much more drastically than their destination-based tax because the destination-based tax got all the revenue from all those online sales right, that were right. made during COVID. Yeah. And that's excellent, Mark, because that leads me to one of my last questions in regard to, we've been discussing the last couple of minutes around the COVID-19 impact specifically, and then we'll round it out today by talking about the federal stimulus programs and the impact there. But the two main groups you just talked about, consumer-driven and business-driven, 
How were they impacted differently, if at all? And in what areas did you see they, they being impacted? Okay, you have to understand what drives those two groups. Yep. Uh, cons Consumer-driven sales tax is all about disposable income. So you pay your, your mortgage and your taxes and you pay for your medical care and your education. And what's left over is what you can use to make taxable purchases. So like autos, gasoline, uh, restaurant meals, uh, prepared yep. food at the grocery store, clothing, electronics, that sort of thing. Uh, the consumption of those things fluctuates, but it does tend to be ongoing. Uh, for example, uh, when a restaurant fails, it doesn't have a significant impact to a jurisdiction sales tax because consumers just take that same income that they have and spend it at a different restaurant. Uh, another example that you have to understand how this works is uh, with rising gasoline taxes, which has happened since first yeah. of the year. Um, Cons gasoline taxes rise and consumers take that same income um, and they try to drive a little less. Yep. And but they also have to spend a little less on fast food or, or, or some other taxable item. So it really doesn't change the uh, sales tax that a city gets because yeah. the disposable income didn't change. Now, consumer-driven, remember that was, we said consumer-driven sales tax was 75% of the statewide tax, right. was greatly affected by the federal stimulus and also by enhanced unemployment benefits. Wow. So consumers had a lot of disposable income and, you know, they went and spent it online, basically. Interesting. Whereas on the business side, it was a little bit of a mixed story. Um there was, as you would expect, a boom in medical supplies and equipment, for instance. Right. But uh, beyond that, when you start talking about some of the big taxable items for business, like equipment and infrastructure, uh, these decisions were postponed by businesses, organizations, and governments. Uh, another example for business was uh, any jurisdiction that had an international airport saw huge negative impacts to their business-driven taxable sales, like for jet fuel, for instance. Got it. And, and, and clearly the federal stimulus programs, which is what I want to talk about next, impacted the consumer driven portion pretty substantially. So let's talk about that. Like what what do we need to know? Or what do our listeners need to know about this federal stimulus programs in order to continue to forecast and budget their sales tax revenues? Yes. Well, you have to understand that $2.2 trillion is a huge, huge amount of money. Yeah. And um, that had a huge impact on disposable income in 2020 Q2. Uh, now you have to factor in the fact that people weren't spending all of it. There was actually a higher personal savings rate. But for example, in, in California, personal income in 2020 Q2 was down about 6%. Wow. But with the stimulus, wow. with trans record transfer payments, that minus 6% actually became positive 6%. So that was a 12% swing in personal income. Now you have to take out part of it for the fact that the savings rate had jumped quite a bit. Usually it's around 7%, but in March it jumped to 12.9%. In April it was 33%. Then in May uh, it started declining again, and now it's about 13, 14%. Uh, which indicates, by the way, that we're people are still not as confident as they were right. when it started, 
because it was seven percent. Right. Now it's double that. Um, but if you do a little math when you're doing your budgeting, and you say, okay, if there was a twelve percent swing in personal income, yeah. um, and you take out that extra personal savings, that leaves about nine percent for taxable sales in Q2. Uh, so you know you've got between a five to seven, maybe a nine percent impact in Q2 that the stimulus had. And on the business side of things, you had the Paycheck Protection Program. Right. Um, that was 580,000 loans in California for over $68 billion. So these things are things that have happened that are not going to happen in the future, mm. with the possible exception of one more federal stimulus that, that's in the works and may or may not happen. Right. And taking all those percentages, some great feedback, great stats, great percentage changes. I mean, this is incredible insight, Mark. Um, taking all that into consideration when budgeting in future, uh, in the future, is, is certainly important. So, so leave us with some takeaways, Mark. Uh, what what else should jurisdictions throughout the country be thinking about? In addition to all of the great points, the great uh, insights that you've given us today, what should they be thinking about when they are budgeting uh, sales tax revenue in the future? Well, there are uh, a couple things that are not yet certain and uh, that there's a lot of debate about. Uh, one is uh, the latest federal stimulus, which is the Federal American yeah. Rescue Plan. Is that going to pass? And in what form will it pass if it does? And how much are we talking about? So if you had a Q2 stimulus last year, that was $2.2 trillion. If, even if you have some kind of stimulus this year, it's not going to be $2.2 trillion. And so there's going to be a drop in disposable income for taxable sales. And then the other thing is, uh, what's the new normal? You know, yeah. everybody is talking about it, but nobody sure. can really tell you what it is. Right. Uh, because there's clearly pent up demand for travel, tourism, restaurant, bars, nightclubs, concerts, plays, and theme parks. And uh, businesses are, are, are going to continue to resist paying for travel but uh, and do things online, but how will they respond when a competitor says, well, I'll pay for the travel and I'll make the trip to meet with you personally? Yeah. So, uh, and then finally, there's the, the feeling of being trapped that we've all experienced to some degree. Yeah. Um, and whether or not once things open up more, more of us will just want to go back to shopping the way we used to shop, uh, not online, but uh, in yeah. a physical location around a lot of other people. Yeah, it certainly changed the world forever and what the new normal, quote unquote, new normal will look like, we none of us really know. Um, but you've certainly, Mark, you've left us with a lot of incredible insight for towns and cities, counties, districts of all sizes to really consider when, when budgeting their sales tax revenues in the future. And this has been an incredible conversation. I know I've learned a lot, so I really appreciate you doing this. Um, for all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining in for another episode of the Local Government Insights podcast. Please stay tuned for more local government news and insights to come. We look forward to having you uh, soon. Thanks, Mark. Been my pleasure. You've been listening to Local Government Insights, modernizing government leadership. To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.